It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi there, and welcome to yet another episode of Next Best Adaptation where we discuss the source materials for a given year's potential adapted screenplay contenders. Previously, we tackled The Incredibles 2, Boy Erased, and Beautiful Boy. Now, as you chose, we are doing the source material for Damien Chazelle's new Neil Armstrong biopic, First Man, also called First Man, written by James R. Hansen. And this book was how many pages long, KT? Uh, about 700, roughly. Uh, yeah, so this, this book was so long, it would make George R. R. Martin blush, mm. which is why there were only two of us who completed it to be here today to talk about the source material. Up front, we have both also seen the film, so we'll be discussing kind of how we felt it translated in an adaptation. I'm sure Katie and I will talk about things we might have liked to see show up and maybe things we didn't think were necessary, but we're going to primarily discuss the book's own merits as a book. So, Katie, give me your two cents on James R. Hansen's First Man. Well, it's a very thorough biography. We'll say it, yes. we'll say it like that. That's a nice way to put it. Um, and obviously, you know, he already had a history of writing books about, you know, big players in the aviation industry. That's how he got Neil Armstrong to accept this because Armstrong had turned down every other biography request. And I think he does a great job at being thorough and giving you all the details for someone who wants to know all the planes that Armstrong flew, how every single flight of his went, what he did in high school, like this will give you all of that detail. But if you're more interested in the big events in his life, this might be a little too much, but I liked it. I'm really into space history. And so for the most part, I found it interesting. And once you actually get to NASA and he's doing his astronaut training, then it's pretty enjoyable. Then you'll learn the big parts of his life and it feels pretty even toned. There's no, it doesn't seem like a rapidly Neil Armstrong was an amazing hero. It's feels even keeled towards him. So I liked it overall. And I was interested to see how the hell Chazelle was going to turn this into a, a workable movie because, oof, he had a lot to work with, maybe too much. I, uh, you know, I, I, I know it kind of seems like it was necessary to be dry when you're this thorough, but I have never read it, but I've always heard that Tom Wolfe's The Right Stuff book was a little more engaging maybe. And I think maybe that's just because, you know, Tom Wolfe was a journalist and later a novelist and knew what people wanted to read, whereas James R. Hansen is an academic college professor. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not really a book that screams this should be a film. 
I mean, for starters, it takes great efforts to talk about. You know, the, the main reason it was apparently something of a surprise that Armstrong was chosen to be the first man on the moon, but the main reason he got it is because of his notoriously placid, cool demeanor. He's just a very quiet, restrained person. You know, he's uh, Buzz Aldrin is obviously the showy one, and that's not who this book is about. So it, it, it did seem like a bit of an odd choice for Chazelle to choose as his follow-up film. And honestly, after seeing First Man, I still kind of think it was an odd choice for Chazelle to do, although it did give him a lot of good opportunities for interesting direction. But yeah, the, I mean, the the book is thorough. It touches on the various missions, the important people that factor into Armstrong's life. It's 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 a competent read. I can't see Lin Manuel Miranda turning into a best-selling musical at any point. Interesting takeaways from it, which is very dry, Katie. It's very dry. Oh my god! It's at time there was I will admit I did fall asleep at one point reading it. It was pretty at like six o'clock at night. Uh, so, but I it's it's still interesting once. Like I said, once it hits the NASA point and it really impresses upon you how very stolid and competent Neil Armstrong was. He was a you know, almost a, a, a boring guy, but he was able to do things that nobody else did at all. And his life, when you read it from that very beginning point, it seems like his life was geared towards this role from the beginning. You know, he got his it was astronaut about planes. You know, when he was a kid, they talked about it was all he would. His dad said that was all he did. Right. Right. You know, he had a pilot license before he could drive a car and then doing, um, you know, test pilot work. And he'd already been up to the atmosphere and had several times and had flown all these really crazy experimental things. And so he was prepared for all of the like, well, Anything could go wrong. Literally anything could go wrong. And I have to be ready to handle that both emotionally, physically and, you know, workmanlike. So one almost wonders if Chazelle was like, I like the idea of doing a space movie before he even completely looked into just who this subject was and how not boring necessarily, but. Uh, quiet and restrained he was. Was there anything in this book that you read? You're like, wow, yeah, this feels cinematic to me. No, no, not really, honestly. I, well, there are brief, I will, no, I'll take that back. There are brief moments when he talks about the losses that Neil suffers and how Neil deals with that. And it was like, okay. And there were several points in the book that I was like, well, I, we're going to see this. We're going to, we're definitely going to see this moment. We're going to see this moment in a movie about him. This would be the interesting points. And some of them were in the movie. Some of them were not <laughs> weirdly. And it was weirdly uneven. Yeah. So why don't we talk about some of the most interesting things in Neil Armstrong's life that you would have liked to see in the movie that didn't make it. Uh, I know for starters, one thing I'll mention is they shot a very lengthy sequence and you can actually see this in the trailer where their house catches fire and burns down. But that didn't really factor into the narrative. It's kind of like, a, oh, this is a thing that happened to Neil Armstrong moving on. 
Yes. Yep. I thought that that one would be in there too. And how he has to deal with, and they briefly mention it, but how that he has to deal with the death, with death, so much death in his life, you know, as a test pilot, you're going to have that. And I think the book talks about how many people died and it was a, a almost upsetting number of how many men died developing all these technologies. Um, and I, I thought we would get more of his technical side. I think the technical aspects of Neil Armstrong, which isn't something I knew about, that he was a big uh, part of developing simulation technology at the time when computers were room-sized, and he was uh, considered a incredibly competent one of the forerunners in that field. And I thought that was really interesting that we didn't get anything of. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how it would necessarily factor into the narrative they created, but it that is notable. Um, what did you think about the book's treatment of his wife? Oh, I would have I would have liked to have read a biography just about her, honestly, and how she dealt with all this, because it felt like she was kind of it kind of side eyes her like here's a little bit of information about her and a little bit of what she's going through. And she isn't treated poorly at any point. She's I, I didn't think anyway, but. I would have liked more info, but it is a book about Neil Armstrong. So I would love to read a book about her and how or and all the NASA wives and how they dealt with the very difficult situation that all of them were put in. What did you think about? Yeah, I mean, I, when it comes to historical texts, I love history. I do prefer kind of more narrative nonfiction that is more willing to tell a story. And something that I think the book's general coldness and academic nature kind of lingered with me when I saw the film is that there is a certain distance that the film maintains, just like this very cold Neil Armstrong. And also, I felt like the many, many supporting people, the many people who died in Armstrong's life and his wife kind of got the short end of the stick um, when you translate this into a film. Right. She has to deal with so much that is kind of just fades into the background. And, you know, bless their hearts, they, they do try to beef up her role in the film and, you know, give her some autonomy, showing her how she interacts with the women of the neighborhood and stuff. But it's just, it, it, it was a little frustrating to me. It's so, I mean, now that we've seen the film, how did you feel about Josh Singer's adaptation? Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but you were listening to a preview of the full podcast of our review of the book First Man for Next Best Adaptation. In order to get the full episode, you will have to head on over to our Patreon channel where for $1 minimum a month, you can get this episode and other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.